This recording is brought to you by World History Encyclopedia. Hadrian, written by Joshua J. Mark and read by Grace McLachlan. Hadrian lived 78 to 138 CE as Emperor of Rome and reigned 117 to 138 CE and is recognised as the third of the five good emperors, Nerva, Trajan, Hadrian, Antoninus Pius and Marcus Aurelius, who ruled justly. His reign marked the height of the Roman Empire, usually given as circa 117 CE, and provided a firm foundation for his successor. Born Publius Aelius Hadrianus in Italica, modern Spain, Hadrian is best known for his literary pursuits, his substantial building projects throughout the Roman Empire, and, especially, Hadrian's wall in northern Britain. He is also remembered for his love affair with the Bithynian youth Antinous, lived circa 110 to 130 CE, whom he deified after the young man's death, resulting in the popular cult of Antinous, which, early on, rivaled Christianity. Hadrian was deeply interested in literature, especially Greek literature, and Egyptian mysticism and magic. He was among the most highly cultured of the Roman emperors, even among the famous best five, wrote his own poetry and other works, and insisted on personally supervising as many of the building projects he had commissioned as he possibly could. Under his reign, the Bar Kokhba Revolt, 132 to 136 CE, broke out in Judea, which Hadrian personally put down and, afterwards, erased the name of the region, renamed it Syria-Palestina, and exiled the Jewish population from the area. The revolt took an enormous toll on the emperor, who had suffered health problems since 127 CE, and his health steadily declined after circa 136 CE. His wife, Vivia Sabina, lived 83 to circa 137 CE, died in circa 136 to 137 CE, and he had her deified. But theirs had been an unhappy marriage, as Hadrian was homosexual and frequently had dalliances with younger men. He adopted Antoninus Pius, reigned 138 to 161 CE, as his successor, and died most likely of a heart attack in 138 CE. Hadrian was well educated in his hometown of Italica Hispania, modern-day Seville, Spain either by a private tutor or a school for the sons of upper-class Romans, as his parents were. His father was a senator who died when Hadrian was ten, and, at the time, he was sent to school in Rome and taken under care by Trajan, circa 86 CE, prior to the latter's ascendancy. Trajan's wife, Platina, was fond of the young Hadrian and encouraged his literary pursuits, especially his interest in Greek poetry and culture. Scholar Antony Everett comments, Quite suddenly, he became infatuated with all things Greek. Soon after the death of his father, he immersed himself in Greek studies so enthusiastically that he was nicknamed Graculus, Little Greek Boy, 15. Hadrian's lifelong admiration for Greece began at this time and would associate him with the country and culture throughout his reign. Even in the present day, Hadrian is often mistakenly identified as Greek or of Grecian lineage. His first military service was as a tribune under Emperor Nerva, reigned 96-98 CE, and he was selected to bring Trajan the news that he was Nerva's successor. When Nerva died, Trajan ascended to the throne. Emperor Trajan, reigned 98-117 CE, was the first Roman ruler of provincial origin. Later biographers would attempt to place the birth of both Trajan and Hadrian in the city of Rome, but both were of Spanish ethnicity, and this commonality has been assumed by some to be the reason for Trajan's adoption of Hadrian as his successor. 
Most scholars dispute this, however, as it is possible that Trajan did not name Hadrian at all. Trajan died on campaign in Cilicia in 117 CE, with Hadrian in command of his rearguard, and is not believed to have named a successor. Trajan's wife, Plotina, signed the papers of succession, claiming Trajan had selected Hadrian, and it is thought that she, not the emperor, was responsible for Hadrian's adoption as heir. However that may be, it is known that Trajan respected Hadrian and had considered him as his successor, even if he did not officially name him as such. Hadrian's service to Trajan is well documented through the various important positions he held prior to becoming Roman Emperor. At the same time, however, some disputes between the two men seem to have set them at odds sometime in 100 CE. There is no documentation on this, but afterwards Trajan refused to elevate Hadrian in rank and, in fact, the position Hadrian was given removed him from Trajan's immediate circle. As both men were homosexual, and Trajan surrounded himself with a number of favourite young men, it has been suggested that Hadrian may have seduced or tried to seduce one of these around the time of his marriage to Sabina, causing a rift between himself and Trajan, but this is speculation. Platina, not Trajan, was clearly the main force behind Hadrian's advancement from the time he entered her sphere of influence. Plotina and Solonia Matidia, Trajan's niece, who was also fond of Hadrian, pushed for his marriage to Matidia's daughter, Vibia Sabina, and Matidia may have also had a hand in making him emperor. He would be a far better ruler than husband. Sabina never seemed to embrace the marriage from the start, and Hadrian preferred the company of men. Although his marriage could not be considered a success on any level, his reign was spectacular. Hadrian's close relationship with the troops meant he instantly had the army's support, and even if the Roman Senate had wanted to question his succession, there was nothing they could have done. Hadrian was embraced by the majority of the people of Rome, and was greatly admired throughout the time he held office. His popularity as emperor is attested to by the fact that, even though he was absent from Rome for the better part of his reign, no sign of rebuke or criticism for this appears in his early biographies. Earlier Roman rulers, such as Nero, reigned 54-68 CE, were harshly criticised for spending far less time away from the city. Professor D. Brendan Nagel writes, Hadrian spent most of his reign, 12 out of the 21 years, travelling all over the empire, visiting provinces, overseeing the administration, and checking the discipline of the army. He was a brilliant administrator who concerned himself with all aspects of government and the administration of justice. 278. His devotion to the Roman army was such that he would sleep and eat among the common soldier, and he is commonly depicted in military attire even though his reign was marked by relative peace. The empire's stability and increasing prosperity allowed Hadrian the luxury of travel to the provinces where he inspected firsthand the projects he had commissioned from Rome. Hadrian's building projects are perhaps his most enduring legacy. He visited Britannia in 122 CE shortly after a revolt had been put down and ordered a long defensive wall built to prevent easy invasion by the northern Picts. This structure is the famous Hadrian's Wall in modern-day England. He established cities, raised monuments, improved roads, and strengthened the infrastructure of provinces throughout the Balkan Peninsula, Egypt, Asia Minor, North Africa, and Greece. He visited Greece at least twice, and became an initiate in the Eleusian Mysteries. The Arch of Hadrian, constructed by the citizens of Athens in 131 or 132 CE, 
honour Hadrian as the founder of the city. Inscriptions on the Ark named Theseus, the traditional founder, but add Hadrian owing to the latter's substantial contributions to Athens, such as the Grand Temple of Zeus. In Rome, he rebuilt the Pantheon, which had been destroyed by fire, and Trajan's Forum, as well as funding construction of other buildings, Roman baths and villas. Many of these structures survived intact for centuries, some as late as the 19th century CE, and the Pantheon, still perfectly preserved, may be visited in the present day. Hadrian had a great interest in architecture, and seems to have contributed ideas or even plans to the architects, though scholars no longer believe that he was lead architect on any single project. Of all his significant monuments and buildings, Hadrian's Wall in northern Britain is the most famous. Construction of the wall, known in antiquity as Wallum Hadriani, was begun around 122 CE and corresponded to Hadrian's visit to the province. It marked the northern boundary of the Roman Empire in Britain, but the length and breadth of the project, stretching as it did from coast to coast, suggests that the more important purpose of the wall was a show of Roman's power. The wall, originally 9.7 feet, 3 metres wide, and 16 to 20 feet, circa 6 metres high, east of the River Irving, and all built of stone, and 20 feet, 6 metres wide, by 11 feet, 3.5 metres high, west of the river, made up of stone and turf, stretching 73 miles, 120 kilometres, across uneven terrain. It was built in six years by the legions stationed in Roman Britain. There was between 14 to 17 fortifications along the length of the wall, and a vallum, a ditch purposely constructed of earthworks, which ran parallel to the wall. The vallum measured 20 feet, 6 metres wide, by 10 feet, 3 metres deep, flanked by large mounds of tightly packed earth. As Hadrian's foreign policy was, peace through strength, it is thought that the wall, which was originally plastered and whitewashed, would have clearly represented the might of the Roman Empire. Following his visit to Britannia, Hadrian went to Asia Minor and travelled to the region of Bithynia to inspect the restoration of Nicomedia, which he had funded after the city was damaged in an earthquake. It was either in Nicomedia or nearby Claudiopolis that he met the young Antinous in 123 CE, who became his almost constant companion for the next seven years. Antinous was probably 13 to 15 years old at the time, but same-sex liaisons between older men and young boys were acceptable in Roman culture, as long as both parties consented. Some of these love affairs were brief flings, but others, like that of Hadrian and Antinous, were serious, committed relationships. Hadrian arranged for Antinous to be sent to a prestigious boarding school in Rome that trained young men for life at court, and then, from 125 to 130 CE, the young man was Hadrian's beloved, living with him at his villa outside Rome and travelling with him to the provinces. Their relationship was patterned on that of the Greeks, in which an older man would help a younger in moral and intellectual development and social advancement. Everett comments, Hadrian could well have regarded his Bithynian boy as a plaything. With Hadrian's reputation as a procurer of every luxury and licentiousness, Antinous was simply another in a long line of conquests. But this most Hellenic of emperors cast himself as an Erastes, lover, with Antinous as his Eromanos, beloved. If he followed the rules, he would have treated the boy with respect, wooed him, and given him the choice whether or not to accept his advances. Any favours Hadrian was granted would have been matched by a serious commitment to Antinous's moral development as he grew into an adult. 243. This seems to have been precisely the course Hadrian followed. The couple travelled together from 127 to 130 CE, 
arriving in Egypt in time to celebrate the festival of Osiris in October 130 CE. At some point towards the end of the month, just before the festival, Antinous drowned in the Nile River. Hadrian reported it as an accident, but historians such as Cassius Dio lived circa 155 to circa 235 CE, and Aurelius Victor lived circa 320 to circa 390 CE, claimed that Antinous sacrificed himself in a ritual to cure Hadrian of an illness, precisely what is unknown, he had been suffering for the past few years. This claim is strengthened by the observation that Antinous, as Hadrian's beloved favourite, would no doubt have been attended by servants who would have rescued him from the river, and further by a trip the couple took to Heliopolis just before Antinous's death, and they conferred with the priest on mystical rites. Hadrian's health seemed to have improved afterwards, but his grief at the loss of his lover and best friend was overwhelming. Hadrian had Antinous deified immediately. This was unprecedented, as usually an emperor would submit the suggestion to the senate who would approve it. He ordered the city of Antinopolis, built in Antinous's honour on the bank of the Nile, where he had drowned, and quite quickly, a cult grew up around the youth which spread quickly throughout the provinces. Antinous became a dying and reviving god figure who, because he was once human, was thought to respond more quickly to the supplications than other deities. He was understood as a god of healing and compassion and his adherents raised statues of him in temples and shrines throughout the empire. It is estimated that there was once over 2,000 statues of Antinous, of which 115 have been recovered. The cult of Antinous became so popular that, over 200 years later, it rivaled the new religion of Christianity and the well-established cult of Isis. Hadrian dealt with his grief as best he could and continued on with his business of touring the provinces. Although he was a learned and cultivated man, his policy of peaceful relations with others, whether personally or professionally, was not always adhered to. He was known to lose his temper frequently with scholars at court he disagreed with, and once accidentally blinded a servant in one eye when he threw a stylus at him in a rage. In Jerusalem, Hadrian would give full rein to his temper on a massive and tragic scale when the Jews revolted against his construction of a temple. In 132 CE, Hadrian visited Jerusalem, which was still in ruins from the first Roman-Jewish wars of 66 to 73 CE. He rebuilt the city according to his designs and renamed it Aelia Capitolina Jupiter Capitolinus, after himself and the king of the Roman gods. When he built a temple to Jupiter on the ruins of the Temple of Solomon, the second temple considered sacred by the Jews, the populace rose up under the leadership of Simon Bar Kokhba, also given as Shimon Bar Kokhba, Bar Kokhba, Ben Kozba, Koziba, or Koziba, in what has become known as the Bar Kokhba Revolt. Roman losses in this campaign were enormous, but Jewish losses were no less significant. By the time the rebellion was put down, 580,000 Jews had been killed and over a 1,000 towns and villages destroyed. Hadrian then banished the remaining Jews from the region and renamed it Syria-Palestina after the traditional enemy of the Jewish people, the Philistines. He ordered a public burning of the Torah, executed the Jewish scholars and prohibited the practice and observance of Judaism. Hadrian's handling of the Bar Kokhba revolt is one of the dark stains on his otherwise admirable reign, but he made his choice based on traditional Roman policy in handling revolts, a harsh response followed by restoration. He may have taken his response as far as he did from personal outrage that anyone would have had problem with his temple or any of his other decisions. 
His health now failing, Hadrian returned to Rome and occupied himself in writing poetry and tending to administrative affairs. He named Antoninus Pius his successor on the stipulation that Antoninus would adopt the young Marcus Aurelius, reigned 161 to 180 CE, as his own. Aurelius would co-rule with Lucius Verus, reigned 161 to 169 CE, whose father was Hadrian's adopted son. Hadrian died in 138 CE, presumably of a heart attack, at the age of 62. He was buried first at Puteoli, on the grounds of the former estate of the rhetorician Cicero, as homage to Hadrian's love of learning. But when Antoninus Pius completed the great tomb of Hadrian in Rome the following year, his body was cremated and the ashes interred there with those of his wife and his adopted son, Lucius Aelius Caesar, the father of Lucius Verus. Antoninus Pius had Hadrian deified and temples built in his honour. Regarding the legacy of his reign, historian Edward Gibbard notes, Hadrian's rule was the period in history of the world during which the conditions of the human race were most happy and prosperous, when the vast extent of the Roman Empire was governed by absolute power under the guidance of virtue and wisdom. 61. Hadrian's reign is generally considered in keeping with Gibbon's estimation. Even among the five good emperors of ancient Rome, he stands out as an exceptional statesman. Aurelius, the last of the five good emperors, would reign during far more troubled times than Hadrian knew, and his son, Commodus, reigned 176 to 192 CE, became an unofficial dictator whose uneven reign and assassination led to political and social disturbances which would never have been imagined under Hadrian. This recording was brought to you by World History Encyclopedia. For more great articles and interactive content, visit www.worldhistory.org. World History Encyclopedia is a non-profit organisation. If you want to support our work, visit www.worldhistory.org forward slash Patreon forward slash or follow the links in the description below.